Hello, hello, welcome to episode 29 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. We are happy to be talking into your ear holes today. Um, Jacob, I I do want to ask that you be a little patient with me today. Um, Not one of my strong suits. <laughs> it's true. And I'm looking at your uncapped five-hour energy, but I have started a new diet, and I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a little bit of your support. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll see. Let's dig into this. What's going on? So what I'm doing now, um, you know, in, instead of eating well and exercising, because sure. who I mean, wants who, to do yeah, that? Who's gonna do that? Nobody. Is that two days a week? Um, I just I just don't eat. Oh, okay. It's intermediate fasting. So today is the first day. <laughs> I you know I, I'm gonna eat. I gotta tell you, I, I don't. It sounds I, awesome. I, it sounds terrible. It sounds like an <laughs> awful idea for a diet. Where did you get this idea? Are you a high school wrestler that you're just not gonna eat? And then I wrap myself in garbage bags, and then I'm gonna sit in a sauna. You're, That's you're all water. You're all water diet. That's the whole plan. You know, I actually I blame it on the library itself because we're in like a weight loss contest, and my team is doing terrible. So you gotta get better. Uh, supposedly, it's supposed to be kind of good for your body. It goes back. To, uh, not, not eating how people to used be. to like hunt and then you'd eat a ton of food and then there was a lot of fasting while you kind of traveled to find your next meal. Yeah, but I mean, they were also walking Let a long distance. Let me pretend for one week that this is going to be a life changer, but I can't I, I'm wait. allowed a smoothie. I had a smoothie this morning. It was super gross, um, so I'm going to work on that, okay. but... But yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm well, I'm got my fingers crossed for you. I, right. I think there are better ways to go about it. But <laughs> who, needs, I'm, who needs food? Yeah. Overrated. Like sustenance. <laughs> Forget that. Lame. Um. Anyway, okay. So today I'm super pumped for us to talk about a movie that I didn't hear a lot about, and then when I did, I was like, I don't know. Am I interested in this? And Pretty much the reaction most people had. I regret very much waiting and then missing it in theaters. Oh, um, you definitely missed out, let I'm, me tell you. I, it breaks my heart a little, but let's talk about Annihilation. Annihilation. So based on the Jeff Vandermeer's best-selling, it's a Southern Reach trilogy, yes. which was a, a series I wanted to read, but I remember seeing that the first book consistently had like two and a half, three stars, so I ended up just kind of bailing on the whole thing. I actually just read the first book. I'm going to read it? the other two. I can see why like it was not highly Did it rated. help to see the movie first? Oh yeah. Oh, like, to yeah, give you like structure. Right, cuz now I knew what I was reading cuz if I was going into that cold, I'd be like, like what? I don't know what to really envision. Like yeah, what am I supposed to be putting in my head here? Now I have an idea and the book was good. I can't wait to read the other two parts of it actually. Okay. So, Annihilation for everyone out there stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, has Gina Rodriguez from, mm-hmm. um, what's that, that called? Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin, yep. And then who's that other chick you really like? Uh, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. And then Oscar Isaac has a small role in it, and he's really great. And it was written and directed by Alex Garland, who has impressed us with 28 Days Later and Ex Machina. And let's not forget, he started with The Beach, and he's... Did he do The Beach? He wrote The Beach originally. The Leo movie? The book that the movie was based on. He oh, b- wrote yeah. the book. That's how he became popular, famous in the first place. 
You're Ro- just you're full of info. I yeah. That's I, why was, I bring you along. I, I'm a big fan of Alex Garland. Actually, I like a lot of the work that he's done. I didn't really love the beach. No, but, but that's the, because they had um, Tilda Swinton playing a straight role. That doesn't work. Yeah, anytime Tilda Swinton. <laughs> they should have just made her play the beach itself, <laughs> and it probably would have been like a way more interesting movie. Actually, would have probably gone with a lot with what goes on in Annihilation. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's probably true. So in Annihilation. It's going to be hard for us, I think. It's not like an easy film to discuss because it has... um, It's weird. A different meaning, I think, too, to different viewers who are willing to engage in it. But the sci-fi visuals are just a freaking wonder. Oh, they're just incredible, some of the stuff that you're looking at. Yeah, just Just real visceral and it's impressively ambitious. So we could try to describe what the movie is about, really, but maybe if we like threw a little bit of the trailer on here and then try to... All right. Well, let me there. do let me do a little back, and then we'll we'll throw some of that in. But so the movie itself, I would say, if we break it down, it's about self destruction, evolution, biology, codependence, and like kind and, of all the things that scare us most. And evolution as well. Absolutely. We'll and that we can no longer trust our own bodies. And it's definitely a film that is meant to linger in your mind. And after a particular scene, just haunt your dreams for like a solid week. Dream like your nightmares. For I real, think. it really did. But I think in the recent wave of like sci-fi films that have come out, I'm really putting this with one of the best. It's a thinker for sure. It's definitely it's got like all the elements that you're looking for: sci-fi, interesting plot. There's a yeah. I mean, it's it's weird, but oh, I, we have to talk more about how just visually stunning it is. But it's so it stars the character is Lena, who's Natalie Portman who I love Natalie Portman. She's one of the best. She really is. She's so good. I have to say that Natalie Portman's face, when I'm reading a book and there's like a strong female character, I always end up picturing, like she's my go-to like face that I picture. But in the movie, she's a biologist and a former soldier. And she joins a mission to uncover what happened to her husband inside Area X, which is this mysterious phenomenon that is expanding across the American coastline and they call it the shimmer which is like a shimmery colorful like a rainbow kind of like yeah it's again it's hard to describe something so visual but but. what it looks to them it's like a, a giant wall and it's just kind of encompassing this this land and it's growing and then once inside this shimmer you discover this world of like mutated landscapes and creatures and it is as dangerous as it is beautiful but it is really beautiful oh it's just lovely in an offsetting sort of way like everything you're looking at just seems a little like unearthly but it is from earth it's just very weird what's yeah. going on there and there's always like that constant like multicolor shine on everything going on which you know is the shimmer considering it's what they call it but just absolutely beautiful to look at the things growing the spores the different flowers that kind of grow on the same branch that they're like all of these things are impossible and you're like not in the shimmer but so um natalie portman's husband we learn early on um on a military mission went into the shimmer nobody seems to come back from the shimmer but dude came back um, and he's in the hospital. And so the clip we're going to throw up is, is right after um, he's kind of come back. Yeah. Come right. back. Everybody's checking him out and be like, what's up with this guy? Somebody finally made it back. There it is. All right. Hold up. Your husband's here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. 
We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. Just the sounds that they use in the movie, they give me chills. It's a big big movie on sound effects and sound design. It's awful, especially at the end. I will just say they use that sound a lot, and I was like, I don't like it. So the movie is like exhilarating and terrifying in equal measure. Um, and, in tr- and like a big time mystery, because you really can't figure out what's going on until way deep into this movie. Yeah, which I like, that it doesn't give it all up. It def- This movie deserved more exposure that it that it just didn't get in the cinemas which like it got like no marketing behind it almost it didn't that and that really sucks because the imagery it really does deserve a screen that you can watch it on so please if you're gonna watch this don't like watch it on your ipad like propped no. up on a pillow because it's Cause really you're not gonna get enough from you're it. gonna think the movie's dumb at that point because you're gonna miss out on some of the like a lot of this movie is like it's visual and sound design it, it really adds to what you're in a, watch your what you're watching in the movie absolutely it's it's not a movie that you need to like play on your phone while you're watching it it is so visually stunning um so this anomaly the shimmer it's like this ever enlarging and threatening like giant bubble basically is sure how we'll put it but it's like mutating nature's kind of dna can i say that yeah i'd say that without giving too much away it's a hard movie um, to explain without like spoiling it a little bit because once they start telling you what's going on it's very like specific about what's happening it is um but it's interesting and what i like also is it's different i was like this is a different sort of idea i haven't really seen this before which in sci-fi i think is really exciting to be like oh they went in a in a totally new direction with it i mean they get into such themes as like at what point like we said it's a lot about like evolution and deconstruction so like at what point are you no longer the same person like i got a feeling like at what point are we all totally connected especially as like you die and more people are born and it's all of this earth and it's all mixed together and it's like everything relies on everything else and like kind of like a symbiotic relationship that you can have with nature and each other and And, but just your own self-destructive nature with yourself i mean it was a serious movie there was a lot going on here i know we're Um, getting into like a psychology fest you're talking about it but this is all stuff that they they touch on in the movie is and i think that what more can you hope for from a movie than something that really leaves you kind of pondering for weeks after it's over where you're like, well, I didn't understand that. And what did that mean? And I want more information about that. And there's very there's little details that they put in that you're like, oh, wait, I remember when they moved that there. Or there's things with tattoos and things that are that are constantly evolving in the film. I think they did a great job. Also, this was by cinematographer um, Rob Hardy, okay. who also shot Ex Machina. Oh, makes so sense. I feel like he's really comfortable with Garland and that he is excellent at using the natural world um, like as effectively as he kind of used like in Ex Machina. There was all like the sleek lines and the reflections of the lab and things like that. So he's really good at using, you know, his environment. I'm and have, then I'm gonna have to keep course. an eye. I'm going to have to keep an eye on that guy because like, Ex Machina and Annihilation are two very different movies. And he probably worked with. Alex Garland on Dread as well, since he was like the shadow director on that, and that would okay. have also been a third, like very distinct visual movie. I like what I like what they're putting out together, oh, and I need yeah. to know who is in charge of the sound design. Like I said, especially in the climax, it's super spectacular. It leaves you like 
you know, you kind of take sound for granted in films. I mean, it's just there. It's part it of affects it. you. But this leaves you, I feel, really disoriented and frightening. These, like, atonal noises that, I don't know, they almost sound like they're turning in on themselves. It's so suiting to, like, the film itself. They just did a great job. Yeah, a lot of the music, like we heard in that uh, little clip that we played, there's a lot of, like, bombast to it and a lot of, like... It makes you feel weird. It's like a wall of sound, but it's also, like, something going on beneath the uh, the layer, which, combined with the visuals, that it's going on a lot of the time when you're hearing that music. It's just kind of, like, it just hit your senses on numerous levels. It keeps you going. Yeah, so forget what you've heard people say, and, yeah, it's a weird movie, so prep your brain that you're watching something that's a little different, but it's totally worth checking out and then have a discussion with someone um, about it because And then, you know, try to get to sleep after you see the, like, the last half hour of this movie. Good luck on that one because... Also, we're not giving anything away. I'm just going to say Bear Dog, Jacob. Murder Bear? bear? No, no. Oh, man. Every kind of nope for that thing. That scene. (laughs) I literally was sitting there and I was just going, nope. No, no, I'm good. Don't need any of this. But I mean, how often does a movie really do that to you? It, so and it comes, it co- doesn't come out of nowhere. But it's just like, wow, that is not what I was expecting, and that is deeply disturbing to me. Yeah. At so every level. as you can see, we're really we're we're definitely pushing the film. Check it out. Um, and check. then I thought we'd check about chat about some of the other people in the movie because there there's a lot of talent really, in this movie. There was a ton of talent. Um, so obviously Natalie Portman is the star of it. We love Natalie Portman. Sure. Three-time Oscar nominee, one-time winner. One-time winner for Black Swan, even though one of my least favorites of her films. I know everybody loves it. I, yeah, I love Black Swan. It's Aronofsky and Natalie Portman we talked about in the Aronofsky episode. But I don't such know a good why movie. it didn't work for me. I'm also always impressed by her because she has such a presence on screen for someone who is five foot three. Like, only five foot three, really? Yes, wow. like you can't tell. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. She no. does. She definitely has a big stature about her. Like every time you see her, even when she does terrible movies like Your Highness or something like that, yeah. she always elevates what she's in a little bit more because you're like, I take her seriously as an actress. Oh, absolutely. Even when she did that rap song for SNL, oh. it was amazing. Which we will play no clips of. No, <laughs> it is terrible. But she was so she was born in Jerusalem. And then moved to the U.S. when she was three. And then when she was a little kid, her first movie was at Leon, The Professional. I love that movie so much. Because it's super awesome. But John that was Renaud, Gary Oldman, just great movie all like around. In like 94, I think Something that came out. Something like that. Yeah, she was she real was, young. Yeah, she was, she was a little kid and they actually discovered her in a pizza parlor. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hate reading some of these stories about people get discovered. You jerk. The guy from Solo got discovered because he did like a video at a birthday party and Steven Spielberg <laughs> happened to be at it and was like, hey, you want to be in movies, kid? I mean, it's like, come forget on. Forget you. Come We're on. done. Hey, Spielberg, all booked up. Check yeah. it out on SoundCloud. We'll give you a good review. Give us a call. We can do sound. Listen. <laughs> See my skills? Very good. We'll even do a movie with Mark Rylance. Apparently, that's what it takes nowadays. I love that guy. I would be happy to be in a movie with him. But I think, so she didn't really come to fame until probably 99 in in Star Wars and The Phantom Menace. I think that's when she took off. She was in movies before that. You know, she was in Heat, Mars Attacks, stuff like that. But then she did the Star Wars prequels. I think, wasn't those before Heat and all that? No, no, I guess 99. Yeah, she was still a kid in those movies, so. 
Oh, boy. I do like that she had said on the Inside the Actors Studio that before being cast, she had never seen the original Star Wars and had no idea that there was a difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. Well, it showed in her performance <laughs> because, boy, oh, boy, was she bad in all three of those movies. And it's a little bit... I mean, bit, I don't think they gave her much to work with. They she didn't. was also a kid. Like, she had to skip the premiere of the movie because she had homework that night. <laughs> Things I love. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, it's George Lucas's problem mainly being a you know not a great director. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Star Wars fans, he's not a good director. But boy, her and Hayden Christensen just both awful. We're not going to get stuck on this. I Star think Wars she was a good choice. Yeah, she was a good choice, but there wasn't anything <laughs> going on. It was though when we learned that her and Kieran Knightley were like twins. They oh yeah, exactly alike at that age. Google them. Kieran Knightley's creepy. in Star Wars. Yeah, like she's her double. She's like her handmaiden. It's like, yeah. And she looks just like her. But then... Still does, as a matter of fact. Like uh, a British Natalie Portman. Is creepy. Um, But then I feel like she became kind of an indie darling when Garden State came out. Yeah, she did like a lot of of lower lower end movies. She started... And then she went to go do college or something too, didn't she? Yeah, she went... She definitely graduated from like Harvard. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like Harvard, Princeton. Something in the Ivy League. She's a real brain. Um... Actually, when she was in, when she went to Harvard, they had this thing they called the Phenomenon of the Natalies, in which every underclass woman with the first name of Natalie received, like, numerous emails and phone calls from friend, from fans. Really? Because like, they didn't know how to reach her, so they just contacted, like, every Natalie. It was like, ugh, I'm not her. I'm not. <laughs> if they were going to put a fake name on here, why would they use Natalie? Like, yeah. it makes no sense whatsoever. So, but Garden State was, I think, was a cute movie. She kind of played, like, a... She's like a compulsive liar. That's always a good role. She always. had that kind of manic pixie thing going on that indie films love. Um, then let's see. What else do you love? She moved closer. She, she did closer. Movie closer. What a, what a movie. That movie I love watching even though it makes me feel real bad. Yeah. I, I laughed at the end. I felt bad that I laughed at the end of that movie with the tragedy that ensues, but I couldn't help myself. That's actually her second Oscar now, or first first or second. I can't remember whether that was before or after I Black Swan. I don't remember, but to be nominated to play a stripper is pretty awesome. But So in that movie, if anyone doesn't know, like she is a stripper who moves to London, and then she meets Jude Law in the streets after a taxi hits her. Yeah, that, my, actually that like, was a scene that I laughed at when she got hit by the taxi. Yeah. I couldn't help it. I'm like, It's like that scene in Elf where Will Ferrell gets hit by the <laughs> car. Every, t- every time it makes me laugh. Um, and then he writes a book about her, and then everyone just kind of cheats on everyone for the rest of the movie, and everything is sad, and you're like, love isn't real. So check out Closer, available yeah. at your local library. It's just, just <laughs> like real life, people. It's all an illusion. Um, so yeah, I think she's in Cold Mountain. <laughs> she did she's in that terrible movie Brothers. Yeah, she did uh, the two first two Thor movies. She's in both of those, so she's yeah, technically in the MCU, even though she quick got fired, depending on who you talk to. I thought she just didn't want to do it anymore. That's kind of, they didn't really want her around, and she didn't want to do them, so they're just kind of like, well, we'll just say that you broke up with Thor, which literally no girl in the world no, I'm not believes. Breaking, I'm, not, I'm not breaking up with Thor. But then her best, I think, that we would both agree on is V for Vendetta. Yeah, that's a really good movie. The movie is so good. Um, she is so good. I feel like we've talked about the movie before, but it takes place in London in a police state uh, occupied by a fascist government. And then there's a vigilante V who kind of fights using terrorist attacks. He's awesome. And then he meets Natalie Portman, whose character is Evie. And then they kind of fight together. Yeah. Never forget the 5th of November. I mean, that's how remember, I actually know. Remember, remember the 5th. No. Hugo Weaving's so good in that movie. Monologues a lot, and they're all just awesome. They had cast someone else, did the whole film. Did they really? And then they were like, his voice doesn't work, and then just had like Hugo Weaving 
redo all of like the the vocals smart smart that play. was like when he was doing matrix too and i was like it is the year and i feel like lord of the rings was right around the corner i was just like hugo weaving you are not stopping this dude he well, is like in all of these major films like what you know to look back on a career not so awesome. much anymore though he kind of aggra- who needs to be you know what's kind of funny he kind of got a little black he's not blacklisted totally but he kind of got like his name put a bad mark against him because he told like disney and marvel to go to go away because he didn't want to do Red Skull anymore because he's in the first Captain America movie as the bad guy. Oh, is he? Yeah, but then he said, Maybe I hated he doing like, it. I'm done with like trilogies. Like He's in everything that he has to like keep coming back and playing the same characters. Yeah, but like he, well, he might have. They didn't bring him back till for 10 years in the movies, but that's an Infinity War spoiler for everybody, so sorry about that. Uh-uh. But yeah, he w- just said he didn't want to do them anymore, and then they were kind of like, okay, then you're just not going to cast you in pretty much anything that's not Lord of the Rings related and... I mean, I mean, maybe he really he could be like, I have a grandkid. Yeah. I like to chill at home and mow lawns. Like I mean, we don't really know what he's doing. Hugo Weaving's awesome. I'm not going to say he's not. We'll, we'll talk about him in a later date. But um, and then I I did learn something about Natalie Portman that it truly truly pains me to tell you. What's that? So much. Oh, give me a second. I gotta oh, like no. swallow it down. She is a huge fan of professional wrestling. <laughs> Oh, see, there we go. <laughs> That's, the worst. That's I'm telling you every it's week, the Michelle. Worst. Natalie, you let me down. She's I'm not picturing f- you in my books anymore. She's sitting with her Roman Reigns t shirt in the front row, Ugh. just going nuts. If there was no stopping you before, I am going to get you. I'm doomed. If Natalie now. Portman approves, Michelle, you got to get on the trolley here. We'll see. But okay, so that's our girl, Natalie. Go pretty much check out everything she's been in, except that weird one where. I think, does she hook up with Ashton Kutcher, that one? Oh, boy, don't, yeah. Don't watch that one. You, that you know what? Stupid. You probably skip the Star Wars movies, too. <laughs> Stay wow. away from that whole little. And your highness, definitely don't watch that movie. Yeah, that's awesome. We mentioned about. it earlier. I've, I'm sorry for putting that in your brain, because that is just an <laughs> awful movie. He's taking, it, he's taking it right out. But so my boy, Oscar Isaac, don't know where he came from. He sort of appeared. I feel like he just starred in that. Well, the first thing I saw him in was that Inside Lewin Davis. Yep, that wasn't and that wasn't even his first big role. Like he Ooh. he had done like Body of Lies with Leonardo DiCaprio and Ridley Scott See, before that. I don't that. really remember him in anything except he was in Robin that. Hood with uh, Russell Crowe before that as well. So he was like in some big movies. Okay. But then yeah, you're right. He just seemed to like appear out of nowhere and then like hey, I this is the new guy. He was like starring in that movie. If you haven't seen Lewin Davis, it takes place in New York City in like the early '60s. It's a Coen Brothers movie, so definitely worth checking out there. Yeah. And he's like at a crossroads and is struggling against obstacles to kind of make a name for himself in the music world, which is super elusive and yada yada. His his odyssey on the streets of Greenwich Village. It's a really catchy song he does in there with uh, Justin Timberlake and uh, Adam it Driver. Is. I it's didn't really love catchy. that movie though. I wanted to like it more than I did, but it did really put him on the map for me. Oh, for um, sure. Even though then I saw him in that A Most Violent Year. Did you see that movie? No, I, I did skip. It kind of looked kind of dumb. It was not good. He was pretty good. I felt like he didn't have a lot to work with, um, and he did the best with what he had. But I was like, mm. It's one of those movies where you're like, you just don't got a lot to work with. He, he's got an interesting filmography, actually, because he does a lot of terrible movies and then does a lot of good ones. Like the same year he did Ex Machina, he was also in Sucker Punch. You remember that piece of crap movie? I didn't see it, but I remember it. It is not good. It's anything. It's the exact opposite. If it's directed by Zack Snyder and it's an original idea, 
Stay away from that as far as you can. Even Zack Snyder. I do not like Zack Snyder. And we will talk about that forever. He was also in X-Men Apocalypse for some reason. Oh, yeah, that's right. That movie was awful as well. Kind of wasted his talent there. But he also... But then when he does a couple things that are so good, like Ex Machina, I feel, I was like, that'll carry you for a while. Oh, yeah. And then he had an awesome miniseries on HBO, Show Me a Hero. So he was a star of a six-part HBO series. And then, boom, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yep, Force Awakens. They liked him so much that they didn't kill his character like they originally planned. Oh, did they plan to? Oh, yeah. He was supposed to be dead after that first scene. He was just going to be gone from the movie, yeah. Oh, what a waste that would have been. Yeah, and that's, that's what happened. The producer was like, uh, do you realize who we cast in this movie? And they're like, no, who is Oscar Isaac? And then they told him, and they're like, oh, so he's a big deal. We should probably like not kill his character. Okay. And now he's one of the most important characters in the trilogy. So. Oh, that's kind of cool. I do think some of that was just from the really positive reviews and reception that Ex Machina got. So oh, I feel sure. like we keep talking about it, and I can't remember if we have in a past episode, but it's about there's a character, Caleb Smith, who's played by uh, Donald Gleason, and he's a programmer at a huge internet company. He wins a contest. He gets to spend a week at a private estate of Nathan Bateman, who's played by Oscar Isaac. He's like this brilliant CEO. And there, Caleb learns that he's been chosen to be the human component in a sort of Turing test to determine the capabilities and the consciousness of Ava, played by the most beautiful human, Alicia Vikander, um, who is a beautiful robot. And cyborg. Thank oh you yeah, it becomes evident that she's maybe a little more self-aware than they imagined, mm-hmm. and it's a really, like I said, it's a beautiful film. Cinematography is great. The great direction sci- is great. Great sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's just worth checking out on multiple levels. Another right. one that'll make you think. Yeah, it really does. Those are that's a that'd be a good back-to-back. Annihilate. Both yeah, of the Garland just get the films. Alex Garland collection going. Just start yeah. watching them all. Worth it. Okay, so who else from the movie do we talk about? Also, Oscar Isaac is going to play the voice of Gomez in the upcoming animated Adams Family series. So that's going to be fun for him. Oof, thank goodness I know that. Thanks, Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) How would I have gone through life and I didn't know it? You know, I was going to snap for a second, then I realized (laughs) I can't. So I was going to do the Adams Family thing. (laughs) Really can't do it. Um, Um, Yeah, Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson, the big it girl of the moment. You know, if you don't know who she is, she plays Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. She plays the uh, love interest in Creed. She was on Veronica Mars back in the day Mm -hmm. as uh, Jackie Cook. And she's on Westworld right now with Charlotte Hale. So... She is all oh, over I, the place. I like hate her in Westworld, so it I think means you're she's to, yeah. acting well because I don't like her. <laughs> but she is definitely one of the up-and-coming actresses out there in Hollywood. She like, had a small role in Annihilation. I yeah. feel like she didn't really get to talk a lot. No, not really. I feel like they just kind of put her in there, and then they were like, who's they this They needed like another damaged character, and they were like, she is damaged. Well, <laughs> just deal with it. I know? don't want to put it like this. I think they just wanted, the director was like, we need to have multiple ethnicities shown. So like, we need white actresses, and like we have a Hispanic actress and um, a black actress. Because if they're doing with the whole synergy idea, they don't want to make it just I mean, group. I like to think it's not that he felt there was a need to, but that he naturally wanted to create a world that looked like the world. Yeah, which is always a good thing to do as a director. You don't want to... Yeah, we never even really touched upon that it was all women in this film who did this 
his expedition. Yeah, that's true. I think there's only one male character in the entire movie. Maybe yeah. maybe two. The interrogator and Which is nice that we don't even Oscar think Isaac. of that right away, that maybe that's becoming more common, so it's not such a big deal that, oh my goodness, it's all... Oh, I wonder if that's why the movie also didn't do well, because stupid dudes didn't want to go see it. Cause it Possibly. Like you know what? You might be on something there. It's like Why can't they just be as refined and open-minded as you, Jacob? The, I don't know. That's what I keep telling everybody. I'm like, just do what I'm doing, and everybody will be so much happier. Um, Watch wrestling, just like me note, and Natalie Portman. Don't do not do everything Jacob does. Um, I'm with him a lot. Just <laughs> stay oh, above board here. But don't, don't listen to her, everybody. Okay, so, t- yeah, she's good. Check out her stuff. And then we had um, kind of the second return of Jennifer Jason Lee. Second, third, fourth, however many times she's going to I mean, back. she, like, disappears. I feel like... I have really not noticed her since single white female days. I mean, she did um, the Tarantino movie. Well, as I'm saying, like, I felt like The Hateful Eight was her first comeback Mm -hmm. and that this is like the second one. And now we're maybe we're making uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh a thing again. They're trying to, it seems like. I mean, they got no problem with Jennifer Jason Leigh. She was fine in the movie. Like, I feel like she kind of had to be personality dead because she was kind of personality dead in this film where I was like, is she bad acting or is this really the choice that she wanted to make actually the character from the book is pretty much exactly like that so she was just playing the way the character is written i mean it did work yes i was just like well it's not much of a showcase of your abilities they don't really that's the other thing they don't really say people's names because they don't in the book it's just like the biologist the psychologist it's true i saw her name um is uh, whatever it was in the film, and I was like, oh, I had no idea. Which is like, yeah, which is another, nameless. which is another thing that goes on in the movie that's actually important to the plot. Like, unlike when she was Hedra Carlson from Single White Female. Oh, single we, White we Female. We remember that. Yeah, I remember that movie. That was in my my younger <laughs> days, watching that on U, the it's, USA Network. It's or, awesome because it's like, you know, um, in our lexicon now. Like, people say it all the time for things. Like, oh, she's a total single white female. And you're like, oh, I know exactly what that means. But Yeah, and you start doing the Homer back through the hedge maze thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let me just get <laughs> yeah. out of here. So, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to check out. But definitely please check out Annihilation. And that's it. We ran out of time. Yeah. And yeah. check out his books. I mean, Jeff Vandermeer, he he created this whole thing in his brain. So they're it's not probably li- worth checking out his trilogy, even though I didn't read them. Honestly, they're not that long books. Like, the first one's like 189 pages. So you can pretty much knock them out really I quick. I do feel maybe I can. Can I skip book one now that I've seen the movie and just read two and three? No, because they're not exactly the same. There's enough There's enough that's different that you'll be – because they get more in-depth in the book. All right. Like they explain more. The movie gets a little bit rushed near the end as they try to, like, wrap up some of the storylines. Actually, when we get off air, we need to talk about the ending because I have questions. Okay. I don't totally understand. But give us our plugs so we can get on. Yeah. So everything that we've talked about and all booked up is available at your local library. So come on down and pick it up. If we don't have it, just request it. We'll have it sent to one of our 37 branches all around Erie County. You can also send any questions or comments you have to allbookedup at buffalolib.org. And, uh, you know, if you got any questions or comments or show ideas, let us know, and we'll, we'll incorporate them into this mm. thing. We'll I, let, just, we'll I just let. love hearing you talk. I'm doing my so best smooth. for you. So uh, a couple facts I wanted to share with you that I thought were appropriate for Annihilation Day, since that movie was full of weird, creepy animals, biology, plants, etc. Annihilation. <laughs> yes, you could do that, too. Do you know, ugh, this is, like, so gross, that rats, they laugh when tickled. 
<laughs> nope, didn't know that. I just thought it fit in because the grossest scene ever in Annihilation. But Deleted scene from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> terrible, yep. And that I found this interesting, that the smell of freshly cut grass um, is actually a chemical distress signal from the grass. Um, so for people who really, if that's like your favorite smell, you actually love the smell of plant tears because that's what's happening. The grass is not happy. Yummy grass tears. <laughs> Yummy you, grass tears. You monsters. You really are. So, okay, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye.